Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thank you for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. This is Sam Adderface sitting in for Jim White, joined by Simon Jordan and the Peterborough owner, Dara McAntony. Oh, the three hours absolutely flew by with Anthony Taylor, Ivan Tony, and firstly, Peterborough's playoff disappointment all on the agenda. Good morning, Simon. Hello, how are you? I'm well, Sam. Lovely nice to see, to see you. you. Saw yeah. you in a pub yesterday afternoon. Yeah, shush, don't tell everyone about that. Uh, Dara, hello. Welcome to Talk Sport. You're right. How are you, fellas? You two are friends, aren't you? You two, yes. you're, you're pals, aren't yeah, you? Go yeah, back a, go back a few years. Mm. Uh, how old are you, by the way? None of your business. Well, uh, well, you're, looking, you're looking young. You're looking fresh. You know? And I said before, I got told he gets, he gets brought in to work on a boat. Don't need no long hair. I'll say, yeah, I'm yeah. Simon at a work every day. And maybe a tug to carry him in. It's a tug already. Story. If you don't mind, I'll tell the story. Go for it. Do it. When I was 20, 21, I grew up in Spain. Yeah. And I went into real estate. And I had just started my own business. Hadn't sold a home. Could already pay the bills. I was like 20, 21. And I wrote, trying to get leads, I wrote a, a load of letters to rich, wealthy people in the UK. Simon being one of them. I think he was 30 at the time, one of the youngest football club owners that sold his phone business. So I wrote all these letters, Alan Sugar, all the rich people in the UK, Simon Jordan, and only one person responded out of everyone. And it was Simon Jordan's secretary, who obviously at the time, he dictated a letter to her. She wrote and said, Mr. Jordan got your letter. You very much. He's not looking to buy at the moment, but he wants to wish you all the best in your business. Do you remember that? And I thought at the time, he probably doesn't. And I thought at the time that was class. And I have a photographic memory, so I remember everything. Yeah, no, time, I do. Date, I do. And and and, and laughs because he knows I went and built thirty houses down there and got my pants pulled down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the worst part was I sent him brochures on a place. And it was this place that he went ahead and bought without me as the agent who introduced them. Then he got stuffed, obviously, on that deal. Yeah. And then, But then I bumped into, we ended up with a lawyer we yeah. shared down yeah. there. I used Santiago. the guy. Yeah. I built, helped him build his law business down there and sold a lot of properties and whatever. And Santi, uh, who's still a pal of mine, actually said to me one day, you know, I know Simon really well. I'm representing him against, uh, I forget the, the name, Guadalmina, the yeah, yeah. developer or whatever, and da 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 But the story goes, anyway, he wrote the letter back, and I just thought at the time, you know, wealthy people don't usually have a lot of time for normal mm. people, per se. And I've always made it a thing over the years, fans, football, whoever responds, emails me, I always tend to get a response in, because I think it's the right thing to do. I do too. And, and, and he did the right thing back then. And whilst we never crossed paths in Spain, he spent time in Spain, obviously I live there, um, you know, we've talked, we talked during COVID, mm-hmm. we spoke, and, and I have a lot of respect for him because of what he's done now in the second part of his career. Because I've always said, no matter what goes on in your life, whether you're successful, a failure, or a business, your biggest asset's yourself. And Simon's proven that as he's come into this business. Well, uh, that is true. Award winner, obviously, you know. And, oh, I didn't uh, know that. What are they well, handing out raspberry awards? Are they? Oh, what's going on? <laughs> um, uh, uh, right, okay, try not to be too nice to each other yeah, over the next three hours. We'd like to, to be let's entertaining. Let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> move on quickly. <laughs> the ratings are plummeting. <laughs> so, let's, uh, so, so let's spice it up straight away. Have you got over the playoff heartbreak? Oh, two things I don't want to hear. Playoffs and Sheffield Wednesday. And that's no disrespect to Sheffield Wednesday or fans, because they were they were brilliant, you know, even after what happened. But I got over it the same night. Mm. Because you have to quickly, you know, when you when you're in football and you have a young family, 
you know, you get brought back down to earth. And, mm. and after we the penalty went in and Sheffield Wednesday won and the greatest comeback in woke sports, sorry, I mean Sky Sports were salivating about <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday and, um, you know, their commentators, everyone on there and this, that, whatever. I had to make a phone call to my 13-year-old daughter in Florida because the following day she had a massive presentation in her graduation day in middle school. So I wanted to make sure the presentation going to go well. Have you prepped? Have you done this? So after that, and everything that happened, I've got to have this call. I've got to be really calm, positive for my young daughter, and pump her up. My wife was in shock, but she knows I'm a lunatic when it comes to losing and winning. She never thought I'd make the call. Mm. So she was sat on the couch next to my daughter going, is that your dad? <laughs> but she just watched what happened back in Florida on her, on her iPad and whatever. And I was like, yeah. So that brought me back down to earth. And from that point onwards, then you, you, you redo your mind, you realign on what's next. Because what you can't do is dwell on what happened. Well, that's interesting. What's next? Because what's next was you ended up giving Darren Ferguson a three-year yes. contract as the manager. Would you give a Darren Ferguson um, another stint look, I, as, I, whenever, as the manager after he'd thrown away a four-goal lead in a playoff final? Whenever I think of Peterborough and two words that I don't want to hear, I always think of Adrian Durham. Um, <laughs> but that's a different conversation. Um, but look... There's a unique relationship, clearly, and evidently. He was there between, last, that, that night in the, uh, uh, in the way end. Well, there you go. Great, wonderful. <laughs> um, the, whenever I think of, uh, you know, the situation surrounding Dara and Darren Ferguson, it smacks of a unique relationship because you don't have a situation very often where people part company, come back, part company, come back, part company. So there's a unique dynamic there. Now, was I impressed with Peterborough on that evening? No, I wasn't. I think they deserved what they got. Um, they played hide and seek with themselves in the game. They were four 0 up, and I, you know, I don't need to tell Darren this because I'm not trying to be no, clever no, no, at his choked. expense. We you choked. choked, yeah. Yep. It's disappointing. You, you have to own that. Um, but Darren, McC- uh, you know, Darren Ferguson came in and took Peterborough from a very different position into the playoffs. Correct. And one moment in the rain shouldn't necessarily detract from the various moments in the sun that you've had over the last three or four months. So I think in this instance, I probably would have had a challenge about it. But then again, I'm not sitting across the table from Darren Ferguson being told what I'm being told if I'm Darren McCantony, because only he knows Mm -hmm. the reasons why. And he'll tell you in a second. Yeah, because you weren't too complimentary about Steve Cooper when he missed out on successive playoff finals. I called him a bridesmaid yeah. because the question was being abounded about when he went to Nottingham Forest. And I said, look, let's have a question. There's a question in my mind's eye. Um, Two in he, a row. Is he going to be a bridesmaid and never a bride? And then it gets extrapolated up, characterised in a different way by Jim and brought back to suggest that everything, every time I reference Steve Cooper, I've got to account for that particular observation, <laughs> which by the time, at the time, was He was right. a bridesmaid at the time. There you yeah, go. absolutely. Look, you know, let me be honest and clear with you. You know, when Darren came in, we weren't in a good place. And my former manager, you know, Grant McCann, took exception to something I said in a video to posh fans recently where I talked about where we were when Darren came in. I, may, I mentioned the word the previous crew yeah. hadn't done very well. So he got the hump with me saying that. It wasn't meant in derogatory, but the facts were we won one and nine. <laughs> one and nine. We were sliding down. Me and Baz thought we'd finish 15th. Mm. So, you know, January is a terrible time to hire a manager, in my opinion. So Darren's down the road. I speak to him all the time. I didn't want him to leave in the championship. We could have lost every game. I wouldn't have fired him. I know what he's up against. I know mm. our budget. I know the challenges, the demands. But losing every week batters a manager's psyche. And he needed to, he wanted to step down. He needed a break. Mm. And I'd say, I was in the shower when he rang me and we'd lost the Derby and the Champ. He was like, uh, i got to step down and give you a chance to stay up. And I'm like, don't do that. We'll go down, we'll come back up. You know, give it time. Take a month off. Mm. Let your assistant take the team for a few games. But he wanted to go and he needed a break. And the whole thing during the playoffs was, we can talk about us choking in the second leg. Fair play to Sheffield Wednesday. Unbelievable, yep. what a job. However, it's 5-5. We lost to a penalty kick. Mm. Yes, the optics weren't good in the second leg. But I dare say, if you watch the first leg, what would you accuse Sheffield Wednesday of doing in the first leg? Yeah. So you got to remember our team, the age of the players, the squad, everything. Not making an excuse about salaries, the size of clubs and whatever. There was no masterclass in beating us 4-0 in the second leg. At the end of the day, unfortunately, as it happened a lot this season, the players we needed the most, the most experienced ones, didn't show up. Our best players were our young players. And that's killed us all season in all the big games. It, it was interesting hearing <laughs> Truth. the stories coming out of Tottenham Hotspur. Daniel Levy suggesting that second marriages don't work. Why does a fourth marriage work with you and Darren Ferguson? Is it because you've got that such an intense relationship, such a good relationship, you know how we're, he ticks? We're honest. You know, at the end, I, I tell you why I wanted him back. What I didn't need was, I didn't need to be able to, or have to, 
basically manage a manager for the next six months from January to the summer. I needed a manager who could get on with it, who knew what they were doing, who could get everyone back together. The place was fractured. The training ground wasn't a good place. The academy wasn't in line with what was going on in the first team. There were a lot of issues. We knew we had a good squad. We knew we had a good team. So I said to Darren, look, go in. You know most of the players anyway. We've sprinkled a few extras in there during the summer. You like them. You know what to do. We speak a couple of times a week. I don't need to be on to them every day. When you've got a new manager, sometimes there's the bedding in period. So you've got to spend a couple of hours every day on the phone, making sure everything's fine. Not being overly involved, but still involved. With Darren, I don't need to do that. We just we know how we work. He works well with Barry Fry. The three of us together are very synced up. His staff are all in sync. So it was a no-brainer. However, if we'd won promotion, he was not staying. He, he did not want to stay. And I can't blame him for that because he would have thought at that time his, his star see, was shining bright. See, I have a different view to that because you have to suffer the losses. Sure. You have to have the character to be able to overcome. And some of these managers, with no disrespect to your manager yep. incumbent, you know, we get they get built up as leaders of men. They get yep. built up of people that have character, overcome adversity. Sometimes the first time adversity comes knocking on their door, they're the ones that can't cope, sure. and the guy at the top that's got to deal with the situation. Now, one of the reasons why it will work, with all due respect to the level, is whilst you're st- there's still monsters in every division, mm-hmm. when you get into the Premier League and you've got Premier League managers that are getting paid this ridiculous amounts of money, they're monsters. You can't control them, you can't manage them, you can't deal with them. But when you're in a different level, there's, a, there's more of an ability to be able to communicate because they're still vaguely in touch with the real world Human and what beings. it looks like. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Rather than the preposterous behaviour you see from people like Antonio Conte who think they can say what they want, do what they want and have no accountability for it and everyone else gets the blame for what, it. What a cheapskate he is, by the way. Mm. What was he on, a Ryanair flight or an EasyJet flight on the way home? 10 million quid a year, you catch me one of those planes. Not a chance. You know? <laughs> but you're, you're absolutely right in what you're saying. Um, it's At our level, it's a bit easier. There is more human It's contact. still a challenge. And it is a challenge. Yeah. But look, why do I go back to Darren? You could say it's a safe pair of hands. Hmm. I trust him what he does. I wish he'd got a better opportunity to manage a bigger club. And I mean that respectfully. He's only ever had us for Preston. He's never had a club with 15, 16, 20, 25. Give him Sheffield Wednesday with 30,000 people every Saturday. That budget. He's never had that. And with all due respect, I've seen people like Gary Monk, other people have had they've had more jobs than Harry Redknapp what, what, and some top what, jobs. Why do he's never he's, had that opportunity. Why, why do you think he's deserving of such a, a bigger job? What, he's what, been what? in management 16 years. He's won five promotions. Yeah, He's produced 60 million quid's worth of sales and players with the Peterborough policy of players under 24. He's scored 100 goals a season probably half of the time at that stage. His football is good football. Why wouldn't he deserve a chance? Has he got why, a why, would, why would some of the people I've just named deserve six or seven of those clubs? He's never had one of them. Why, why do you think they do get it? Is it agents? Agents. Good agents. Great agents. Who knows? I, I could say more, but I don't want to. But at the end of the day, Darren's never had that opportunity. And I think if we'd won promotion... He would have the opportunity at a club that size. Take them in the championship and see how they do. Not Peterborough, one of those clubs. He's never had that before. He's at Peterborough with crowds of 10,000 in the champ. It's not easy. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. The Europa League final descended into chaos, uh, disciplinary chaos anyway, and Jose Mourinho's behaviour afterwards uh, is um, cited as one of the reasons why the Europa League referee... Anthony Taylor and his family were attacked and faced a barrage of abuse at Budapest Airport uh, yesterday. Now, I don't think you can uh, maybe excuse the ludicrous or disgraceful scenes uh, of the Roma thugs yesterday at the airport, but is Jose Mourinho responsible for such behaviour or is it fuelled by his antics after the game? No, I think individual responsibility lies with the people that behave in a certain way. But people like Jose Mourinho shouldn't be given a pass for their behaviour, they should be consequenced for their own behaviour on, on the individual uh, scenario that they manifestly um, abused their position and took it beyond the pale. But he went over the top yeah, and well, he knew uh, he was going to be filmed doing that. Yeah, I, I'm sure he did, but we can't suggest any more than we can suggest in other walks of life that people aren't responsible for their own actions. You know, people that wanted to have a go at Anthony Taylor I would have, may have been given an excuse by Jose Mourinho calling it on by his ridiculous outbursts because the manner in which he operates. Yeah, but this is a guy who's been booked and sent off more times than any player in yeah. Serie A this season. No, he knows what he's doing. No he's winding no up No one's disputing support. that, but what you're asking me is, is he responsible for the behaviour of those people that abuse that referee at the airport? No, I'm saying they're, beha- they're responsible for their behaviour. Too many times in society we look for other people as to the reasons why we want to justify our own behaviour. defend the behaviour by, yeah. you know, putting it over there. Simon's absolutely right. Listen, the scumbags who did that at the airport, and Anthony Taylor, by the way, is a very calm man. I'd have ended up getting arrested. 
Because I would have crowd surfed on lots of those people who were like throwing things at my kids. A few things there. One, Mourinho definitely needs to be disciplined because that nonsense has to be stopped. What would him, you and, him and his bench are just... I love Jose Mourinho, by the way. Serial winner. Always a big fan. But him and his bench need to be muted. Get them dog muzzles, whatever. But something needs to happen. What would I do? A fine's not going to work. He's richer than all of us in the studio. Um, I would ban him. I would ban him for four weeks. In what sense? Something. What does a ban look like ban to you? Because we were talking uh, about this yesterday. I would we were come saying down that UEFA and say that for the first month of the Italian season, he's not allowed in the stadium. So that's what I'd do. I'd ban him. Um, second to that, what's UEFA doing not putting that man on an airplane? Why didn't they put him on a jet? Why didn't they pay 10 grand to put him on a jet with his family and fly him back to the UK? They have enough money. They've got delegates all flying on jets. How could you put a referee in that situation knowing what was going on in the stadium, the aggro, the stuff coming out afterwards with the car park underneath, and then allowing him, what, 12 hours later, to walk through an airport? And what was he doing with his family? And I'm not having to go with a referee. That's me in that circumstance. I'm not walking through an airport with my family. Not a chance. But he was given no choice because he doesn't book his own travel. Mm. So again, UEFA, give him security or put him on a jet. It's like 10 grand how, one how way. How worried from are you now that we're in a situation where a, a referee needs personal security just to get through an airport? How worried am I about it? Well, I, I can't say I have sleepless nights about it, mm. but what I do believe, and I've said it repeatedly, and I said it to Howard Webb the other day, is that there needs to be a better valuing of officials in the game. They need to be better at their jobs at times, mm. but consequently there needs to be a better outlook and a better disposition from whether it's Jurgen Klopp dealing with, with the fourth official the way he did, whether Jurgen Klopp's allowed to go and say the things that he did about Paul Tony. So do you the, think that the manager's behaviour over the course of the season has led to this moment? No, but I don't think it helps it. <clears throat> I don't think it's led to it. I think societal reaction to things is societal's reaction to it. But what I think it does is it doesn't help the issue. We're trying to build a culture, and if we want the best referees in class and we want it to be a profession where people are operating at the highest level, it needs to be valued a bit bloody more mm. because everyone else can make a mistake. I can make... Well, owners can't make a mistake. We're not in that category either. But players can make a mistake. Managers can make a mistake, but seemingly referees can't make a mistake. They have to be scrutinised within an inch of their lives and they have to suffer consequences for it. And this sort of territory that we're in now is poor. And Dara isn't very little in what Dara said that I can disagree with or top and tail. UEFA should have done better. The PGMOL should be looking after their own member. I know he's moonlighting somewhere else, but notwithstanding that, that's, it's one of their members. They should have something to say about it. They should be out on the front foot, because how Webb was out on the front foot about what happened to Paul Turney with how uh, Jürgen Klopp and his yep. ridiculous assertions. There needs to be more respect in this game. There needs to be more respect, full stop. The difficulty is is when you've allowed to get it to a certain point where, you know, pitch invasions are now a tacit acceptance and 50 years after doing pitch invasions, all of a sudden the game wants to change its rules. Referees have always been fair game. The terraces can say whatever they want. People can be called out on a basis for their jobs and boards can be sacked in the media or via the press, it, or via the fans shouting and screaming, sack the board. All of that is a slightly divisive culture that, that in, in part fuels those that think they can take liberties, that they can move away from social media, we're all sitting in the bedroom, and in mum's bedroom with their pants around their ankles saying abusive things to people, into actually going into society and doing it. Yeah. Um, the PGMOL have released a statement Good. aware of the videos circulating showing Anthony Taylor and his family <coughs> being harassed and abused at Budapest Airport. Uh, we report on uh, the unjustified and abhorrent abuse directed at Anthony and his family as he tries to make his way home from refereeing the UEFA Europa League final. Can I ask you a question as an owner? Sure. Have you ever gone too far when criticising an official? Years ago, I made a comment on social media, I think it was our second time in a championship, probably 12 years ago, and I'd said something about a ref not having melons the size enough to give a penalty away at West Ham. Mm. We outplayed West Ham at West Ham, we should have had a pen, and da 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 da, -da. They hit me with a 20 grand fine, uh, suspended fine, loads of other owners have done it, but they came after me, of course. At that point, I was like, oh, I've had enough of this, I'm not giving these jokers any of my money. Um, I've said things during games or after games to Barry next to me or moaning at a referee. Of course. The idea that I would go down to a pitch or I would... And on my podcast, I've said, oh, my podcast partner tells me the ref was terrible on Saturday and the ref did this and the ref did that. In other words, I can't say it. Mm. But I don't think... You know, if I say a referee's terrible at a bad game and some idiot goes out and throws a table at him, that's not my fault. And I'm not defending Jose Mourinho. Like I said, throw the book at him. The other thing is, Mourinho will probably lose the PSG job if that was on the table for him. Because I would imagine this is going to blow up for the next four weeks and I'd be shocked if PSG won any of that aggro with what's going on. Mm. So that's going to be obviously a consequence of, of what went on. That's just my opinion. Maybe. Um, someone outside said to be no chance and everything they do with the ownership, they won't care. I'm like, you never know. The optics don't look good. You guys are going to keep this heated for the next few weeks probably. Um, there's no doubt about it. Referees in that position need to be protected. And that guy has been let down by the powers to be. 
Never mind the manager and everything going on on the pit. It was a horrible game to watch. Mm. And by the way, it wasn't a good advertisement for like that cup, that cup. No. You know, and those two. It was teams. a great advertisement That's for right. him and the way he plays his football. Actually, was yeah, it? Yeah, but it was like watching paint dry. Both teams were as bad as each other, and and he must have given out nine yellow cards. I mean, criticism is one thing; constructive observation is another, and they're all in the territory. I mean, I didn't need to say things about referee. I had people like Neil Warnock that would do that on a regular <laughs> basis, and I'd pick up the fines for Neil. Um, and I remember writing. Well, you a paid column. them for him. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember writing a column in the Observer about critiquing referee under the auspice of jumpers for goalposts because I was always an advocate for technology coming in to improve the game because I didn't think it was quaint that decisions were made yeah. and people were criticised because they didn't have the ability to be able to make the right decisions and I got sanctioned because I wrote a constructive article using a comparative example of why a referee was so poor in a game yeah. there, there was a balance to be had between being constructive and objective and trying to get a better outcome and just blowing a stack and, 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 and splatter gunning everybody in your space and saying things that you think that you have the right to say and the challenge is when you've got people like Mourinho and Conte and other managers that think they can say what they want when they want because they've been led to believe that they're allowed to do that, it brings everything around you into a state of disrepute. Well, yeah. I'm not suggesting you shouldn't you shouldn't call referees out and they should be accountable. I'm all for referees doing some form of But it's of the post- manner that you do it. Of course, it's the manner you don't in which go you do approach it. at the minibus in a car park. You look like a thug. <clears throat> I mean, done, no. I mean, come on. I mean, if you've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of press conferences, right? <laughs> You are prepared to be able to manage your emotions. Don't give me this crap, right, that you can't control yourself. So you think you did it by design? I think Mourinho does precisely what Mourinho thinks he wants to do. Says what he wants, when he wants, makes himself the victim of circumstances. So so do you think that was a lack of control, or do you think he did that because he wanted to try and deflect away from his teams? He knew he was on camera. I think he does precisely what he wants to do. I'm, I, you, you, the narrative that you would like to advance is a deflection. I no. just think... It's I don't want to advance. I'm asking a question. Well, it's, it no. is because the sentiment is that we are constantly looking at why do people do it? Do they do it to deflect it away? Or what's their, or is he playing mind games? I don't get into that territory. I look at the fact that he's just raging, thinks he can say what he wants because he's a football manager. Does he need a public apology? Does he need to give a public apology to Anthony Taylor? I, again, we live in a society where everyone wants an apology and if you get an apology, they want it written in blood. I don't know what he should be giving, but what he should be doing is you should be given a consequence, and a consequence isn't isn't uh, being sent to the to the to the, uh, to the stands because they manage the team from the bleeding stands. A consequence right. is a out of football. A month out of football, out. you can't work with your players. You can't go to yep. the training ground. Yep. You can't set foot in the stadium. Yep. That's what a ban should look like. If you want to stop <laughs> these managers from mm. from behaving in a certain way when it's creeping back in again, then you have to mean it. In in the NFL, not so long ago, there was an NFL head coach who had his players. Um, he was putting them on financial incentives to hurt the opposition and tackles and games. Sean Payton. And the NFL, he was one of the best coaches. And the NFL came out and banned him for 12 months. And the team he was managing had to go and hire a temporary coach for 12 months. He missed the whole season of his mm. career. And, that, and they changed all the rules and discipline and whatever. The other things they do is they cost them draft picks if they break rules. Yeah. So in other words, you could say to Roma, January window, you can't sign anyone. There are ways to stop this. But I don't think that's going to happen. The other thing, I, from what I know from Jose Mourinho, he will definitely ring Anthony Taylor. I'd be shocked if he didn't, from what I know about him. So a lot of what you see on camera, a lot of what we hear off air, you know, it's the persona. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improves definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> Ivan Tony because uh, he was a player of yours. Yes. He now can't play football until next January because Ridiculous. he was... Uh, uh, he admitted to 232 breaches of FA betting rules over a period of five seasons between 2017 and 2021. It was during the time that he was registered as a player at Newcastle and Peterborough, as well as spending time elsewhere yep. as well. How did you feel when you found out he was betting on or against your team? I don't care about that. Um, I um, I got the news months before it was all coming out. A pal of mine in the media messaged me one night in Florida. you know, And when I saw the message, I was like, could this season get any worse for me? So we were expecting him to get sold for 85 million this summer. Got to sell on Head it, yeah. United, yeah. of course we do. And that was like, you know, in my mind, with everything going on the last 12 months, I was like, just add it to the Not list. Not worried about the boys' add health. It to the list. Just how I, much can I profit Hang out of on this? a second. Slightly, <laughs> nice slightly one. selfish take. Listen, hey, I took that kid from the Premier League to League mm. One, and I sat with his dad mm. and his agent. I told his dad mm. to fire his agent when they wanted me to sell him to Barnsley. Mm. Sat in my office and said, stay with us a year, win the golden boot, and we'll sell you, with all due respect to Barnsley, a bigger club, and you will go to the top. And they all looked at me like I was an idiot. And 12 months later, he won the golden boot and he got his move to Brentford. Okay, so I love Ivan. His dad's great. Yeah, he is, yeah. Barry saw his dad a couple of days before the verdict came in and his dad leans on Baz for advice. Not sure he'd be leaning on Baz because Baz was banned from football for a month for making a bet. Um, That's a joke, by the way. The way I look at it is simple. There's a problem in football and it's not just Ivan Tony. There are hundreds of footballers right now as we speak betting on football. Yeah. We just don't know it. Unfortunately, yes, Ivan was caught. Yes, he shouldn't have done it. He didn't kill anybody. How, He's made how a mistake. do you know that's the he, case? Because there'll be a lot of people now raising eyebrows going, hold on a second, what? Is loads of footballers betting on football? That's, that's against the don't rules. Don't be naive, Sam. I mean, I could tell you stuff about agents here that everyone in the game knows that goes on. But I'd probably end up getting shot when I leave this building. All right, The stuff that goes on in football would spin your head. When I leave football, I'll write a real book and some of the stuff that I know about what goes on. The reality is this. He obviously had an addiction, has an addiction, has a problem. And I'm not sure sending someone out to the middle of nowhere for the next eight months is the right thing to do and the right way to help. If you have an alcoholic who has a bad addiction and is ill and they need help and you turn around and vilify them, ostracize them and send them out there with no support, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to start drinking again. Mm. I, and again, I'm, this isn't insult alcoholics or try and compare one with the other. It's an addiction. Here's my feeling on it. He needs the support. Yes, he was wrong. Yes, he made a mistake. Why he runs around scoring goals with Hollywood bets written on his shirt and why we have sky bet all around the stadiums. We have to help him. Yes, we, he needs a ban. Yes, he needs to be punished. I disagree with Simon. He should be allowed to train. He should be allowed to speak to his club. You said, well, he could. the manager will still ring him, whatever else. Manager's probably terrified of ringing him because there's probably other stuff written in there that'll be even further Well, interesting. Let's hear and they Thomas... also had all of Ivan's phones, by the way. Let's, let, they can do that. Let's hear, let's hear what Thomas Frank did say about it because he said, similar to you, the band should be about rehabilitation. 100%. Yes, Ivan did something wrong. Uh, what I, on a personal note, don't get at all is how can you let him not be involved in football for the first four months? How, what, what, sh what do you gain from that? If you want to rehabilitate people... You give them education or you do something. So now it's like, okay, this is a sanction. Leave it to yourself. Find out. Die or survive. Um, I think that's the big thing. And it's not only for Ivan. I think he's an example for all in the football world to learn from uh, because we also need to review the relationship between football and gambling. But there's no doubt for me, the first uh, four months, he, he could be involved in football. He should be forced to go to um, 100 schools telling about his background, football, everything. Um, I, I think that's, that's how it should work. But uh, I'm a football coach. What do I know? When you first heard that from uh, Thomas Frank, you disagreed with him. Why? Well, I disagreed, disagreed <clears throat> with some of the hypocrisy of it because <clears throat> you couldn't write it. <clears throat> Excuse me. You couldn't write it. Matthew Benham has made his money from spread betting. So you, are, you have a, an owner of a football club that's in the space 
that someone has been found guilty. See, I'm, I understand, and I'm a, I'm a huge admirer of Ivan Tony. I like his dad very much. Mm-hmm. I think they're very nice people. But I also think there is, a, there, is a, there is a problem with the integrity of sport if you don't deal with issues like that. People are saying, well, look at the sport's relationship with gambling. Oh, come off it. This is individual responsibility. People are making choices to be able to, to bet or not bet. Now, I don't. I can't speak to the addiction side of things. I can't speak to whether addiction is now the convenient argument to overcome a potential sanction or it's a legitimate situation. It's not my gift to speak to that. What, what I do believe is that if football wants to, 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 to make this a particular solution to a problem that will compromise the integrity of the game, then there has to be significant consequences. Now, no one is suggesting that he can't go on and go to sporting charts and spend his time with Tony Adams's gang and make sure that any addiction issues that he's got that can be attended to. But there has to Might be... Might not be a, as easy as that. Well, 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 OK, but there is a responsibility of the individual and there's a responsibility of the employer. And we're in a situation where sport it's is It's the responsibility saying, of the game as well, isn't it? Well... Is it so? If I so if I so if I'm a, if I'm gambling when I'm working for Barclays Bank, is it responsibility of the banking industry to look well, after if you my work particular for a challenges? Bank and you've got financial issues. You don't work for the bank. So the 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 idea that that football is well, okay. So if, I'm, if I work for Marks and Spencers on the fuel department and I'm a gambler, is it Marks and Spencers or the retail industry? No, but it's a slightly different dependency on the gambling uh, industry because you, you you work in the industry. Yes. You own the football club of that course. works that operates in a league which is spe- we take uh, which money is sponsored from by that. We take money absolutely, and everyone does. And you need it as this well. This young by the man, way. don't you? Yes, this young man at 22, 23 was out on loan, like the Lone Ranger, six, seven times all over the country, trying to find the right club and, and make a name for himself at Newcastle. He sat in digs up and down the country on his own, Monday to Friday in between games. He trained for two hours a day nowadays. Footballers don't exactly work 20 hours a day. So he's home all day. He's partying, he's doing whatever, and he's gambling. Sometimes it's tough out there for a 22, 23-year-old. You're away from your family. I'm not defending the behaviour or excusing the behaviour. I just don't think this solves the problem. Mm. I don't think it sends a message because I still think lots of footballers but, do it. But do, do, do football clubs also have to be slightly careful that they don't denigrate their own relationships oh, with, isn't, but isn't with about betting companies bearing in mind of course we all need that money. you need it. We but, all need money. but this isn't about rehabilitation. No. What is it about? It's about punishment. You don't send someone to prison to rehabilitate them. You send them to prison to punish them. And maybe along the way, the rehabilitation kicks in. So it's a consequence... You do when they break the law, yes. Consequence for one's behaviour. Well, he's broken the law of the game that he chooses. Now, if he wanted to bet, and that's what he needed to do, and the culture of football, and where I sympathise and empathise is the culture of football is so immature at times. We've been listening to years about card scores and this and mm-hmm. that and that sort of thing. So it's not surprising to anybody that there's this culture deep-seated in the mindsets of young players being around old leg footballers that have taught them these particular habits that they've now got into. But you didn't have to bet on football, did you? You know that football is a forbidden fruit. If you wanted to bet on boxing, if you wanted to bet on we, other sports... We had a player who played the roulette thing. Yeah. And he lost his form and we ended up moving And, and, and we know that. But the argument is not about the reality of whether he's done wrong. We all know he's done wrong. What is the best course of action and what is football's responsibility? Not this one. Well, I, I tend to think that if you want something to have concentrated people's minds, if you want the next generation of players to look at that and say, well, hang on a second, I don't want to be anywhere near that because there's a serious consequence for it, then you take down a big beast and you unfortunately make them cons- the consequence Wrong. of their actions. It'll be forgotten about in a few months. Well, I'm not sure it will. It will be. I'm not sure it will. Well, here's, we, the, here's still, the reality. We, 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 we still sit here with the media talking about the reasons why the problems in America are because of Donald sure. Trump calling on an insurgency. Oh, no. Things have no, long yeah. legs, don't of course, they? Of course they do. But if you're a player sitting there listening to this and you basically see Ivan Tony get eight months for 300 bets or 500 bets and you're getting 100 grand a week, you probably think, well, you know what? I'll have six months off or seven months off. The consequence But also, what, if you're a football club owner, you're sat there in a situation going, you have to pay I, I better make damn sure that I make sure that the message is in so how do I do that? I bring Ivan Tony in to speak to my squad in my pre-season camp at St. George's Park this July. I ask him to come in yeah, you do and it. speak to the squad of 28 and spend an hour telling them what a mistake this and that's is, fine. how he's lost the move to and a that's top fine. four And you do that summer. in September when no. he's back in the football family. No, you do this in the summer. You know, at the end of the day, when they're, when, they're all, when they're all on holiday, no, or pre-season, pre-season and pre-season. not interested in anything else besides no, no, themselves. No, pre-season. But listen, forget about that. He shouldn't be banned from training. He shouldn't be banned from being around his friends, his teammates, his manager. Ban him from playing, fine. But what are you trying to do to his character? Mm. We had a player a few years ago. Young guy spent 150 grand buying from Crawley. Concentrate his mind. I listen suspect. to this. We spent 150 grand on centre back in Crawley. He failed to do a drugs test. He avoided the drug testers. Got four years. A ban for four years. Yep. Four years for a mistake. His career is done. That kid could have gone on and played higher. 
He made a horrible mistake. He would have failed the drug test, by the way. But he made a horrible well, okay, mistake. Then. So that's a bad example, then, no. isn't it? Would have failed, but he would have failed the drugs test, though. That's a silly argument. No, no, you no, can't no, turn no, and no. say he's done the drugs test, but he would have failed it anyway. No, 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 no. There's the consequence. What I'm saying is, if, want drugs in if sport, he'd you manned up and done example. the test, he would have got six months. He got four years because he avoided the test. All I'm saying is, his career is done. I never know what happened to the kid, where he was mentally. Sometimes I worry about these young players, that we as clubs, um, the PFA, we don't do enough. And it's a tough world out there for some of them. Well, they don't have to handle I'm surprised. I'm surprised at you because it falls into the narrative. I'd never concur with this narrative that we spend so much t money as football club owners in investing in the, our academies, in our developments. Yep. We provide environments where they're scholastically supported, every aspect. But in the real world, people are going to fail in situations. They in are. football, you get an opportunity to have a look at it. You're given real support. Yet it's not a sausage factory. We don't yep. throw them out of any care or concern. But there is an element of, there is individual responsibility. There are parental responsibility. There are other guidelines that supersede the obligation of the game. I just think that Ivan needed to be consequenced. I don't necessarily have a strong enough view about whether he should have been booted out of training. I certainly think a ban that reaches into the psyche of other people sure. is useful. I now, don't what, disagree with the ban. Yeah. It's just everything around now, then, it. Then, 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 what would happen now is if we debased it and said, I'll tell you, what, tell you, you can train with a team, right? But you've got the whole season next year. You've got eight months now. You can't play for eight mm. months. Then there'd be a different argument about, hang on a second, what are we doing with this? They they obviously had a menu, and we know that the, some of the constructors of the Football League and the Premier League is a load of old tosh made up on the back of a fag packet. And the rules can be changed by guys like us if we bother to avail ourselves sure. of the information. And we don't, because we've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. right? But the bottom line is, is that if their menu was, these are the sanctions, these are the punishments... If we don't like that menu as football club owners, then step up it. and have our responsibility yeah, and change yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, and then we course. can start making a, an impassioned speech about what football should and shouldn't do. Yeah. We shouldn't want football players to be betting on events that can compromise the integrity don't of the game. With that. Do you my, do my, anything differently now with your players because of this incident and you found out that well, Ivan had it, this gambling it, it, Simon's problem? Simon's right a minute ago about he's surprised that my opinion changed. My opinion was probably different two years ago. I saw a documentary, was it last summer or the summer before, about a player that came to an academy who went to another club who ended up committing suicide. And I saw the effect on his life, his parents, everyone around him, what happened to him when he was released, rejected, how nobody really followed up with him. And that had a profound effect on me to think a little bit more about our academy, about our players. When I release players, like recently, I had to make a decision with our academy director on five young 16-year-olds. And a lot of them weren't good enough. A couple I ended up giving an extra year to, probably because of what I saw. Probably mm. the wrong decision at the time. Mm. It's really difficult because I have a young boy who's 17. You know, I have daughters who are 16 and 13, you know. So I just don't know if we're doing enough. Ivan Tony now is the poster child for betting and everything that's wrong with the game and the gambling perspective. But we're not going to... I think we could have done better with him and said, Ivan, I'll tell you what we're going to do. It's an eight-month ban. But if you do this, 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 and this, we'll reduce time off, time off, time off for good behavior. That's an interesting view. And, 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 and I think we should have done that. In other Maybe. words... Come to us with a plan, Ivan, on how you're going to show youngsters and other people in academies yeah. how this can happen. And if we're impressed, every time you do it, we'll knock a week off and a week off. So I, Ivan's got something to work towards. A bit like you were talking about going to prison mm. and people getting off for good behavior and early... Due contrition. You know, yeah, correct. Due contrition. And I think we could have done better in that regard. And I just think as clubs, we don't do enough. Listen to TalkSport. Darren McAntony, the Peterborough owner, is in the studio with Simon Jordan and me, Sam Adaface. We're here through until one o'clock. White and Jordan on Talk Sport with Selco Builders Warehouse. With the Selco app, it's now even easier to buy from Selco. Download it for free from the App Store today. Well, here we go. Let's go out there and show them what we're capable of. Yes, boss. And remember, always work as a team. Yes, boss. And above all, remember our secret weapon. You power safety shoes. Comfortable, light, but at the same time strong and resistant. That way we'll have finished all our work by tonight, but still feel rested. Let's get to work, guys, with you power. You power, my choice. Find your closest dealer on our website, u-power.it forward slash en. At Lidl, we're big on a British summer. And what could be more British than adding a little class to sitting on the grass? With rosé prosecco for 7.49, deluxe antipasti platters for 2.49, and tucking into a GHI approved deluxe quiche for only 2.69. Now that's big on quality and always Lidl on price. Subject to availability, selected stores excludes NI. Got an untaxed car? You could hide it in a hedge or sneak it in a skip. Maybe cloak it with some cones or outfox us with a fence. You might try to cover it, smother it, bury it in sticks, park it down the lane, tuck it down the drain, stash it in a bus stop, paint it like a mountain top. But whatever you try, you will always find that cars are hard to hide but easy to tax. 
So don't risk it. Tax it with DVLA at gov.uk slash DVLA slash tax it. Are you fascinated by football? He's got it! Tantalised by tennis. That's an ace. Giddy for golf. Dizzy about um, darts. Well, you tried doing all this alliteration. Anyway, Hawksby and Jacobs have got all the best in sport covered with all the latest form and odds from Paddy Power. Don't miss Paddy Power's multi-sport hacker on TalkSport. Combine your bet across multiple sports, and if one leg of your four-plus-fold hacker lets you down, Paddy Power will give you your money back as a free bet. Excludes horse racing. Max free bet ten pounds per day. Minimum odds one to five per leg. T's and C's apply. Eighteen plus. BeGambleAware.org. TalkSport. Traffic and travel. Getting busier, A591 Windermere in the roadwork, same South Cumbria, Ulverston, travelling between Ulverston and Newbybridge at Haverthwaite where there are restrictions. Delays at Wembridge A1 West Yorkshire, roadworks causing delays mainly north of the Doncaster Bypass. Staffordshire, there's been an accident on the M6 South between the two Stafford exits, 14 to 13. There is a lane closure and Essex, the A12, is shut north where there's been an accident at Kelverdon. I'm Sarah Elliott. Whenever you watch telly, you deserve something extraordinary. You deserve a hilarious comedy, a fascinating documentary or a nail-biting crime drama without paying for endless apps and channels. You deserve Sky and Netflix together in one simple subscription. All the great TV you need, whatever you're into, for £26 a month. Skystream. TV simplified. Requires Skystream and broadband. Minimum speed, 25 megabits per second. No upfront fee before 14th of July, 18-month minimum term. Terms apply. Jim White versus Simon Jordan on Talk Sport. A daily landscape of fire, football and feuding. Towering opinion from two giants of sports broadcasting. Jim White and Simon Jordan. Mid-mornings on Talk Sport. TalkSport on a Friday afternoon. We'll get to the FA Cup final uh, in a little bit. Uh, loads to get through as well. I'm sure there's something on my running order that I completely missed here today because we got caught up in the conversation with these uh, two big personalities, Darren McAntony and uh, Simon Jordan. Let's get to the cricket and find out how England are getting on. Uh, here's John Norman. Uh, well, they lead, Sam. 172 all out yesterday. Ireland, Stuart Broad on the honours board with a fifer. Third time he's managed to do that at Lord's. And England lead by seven already. It's only taken them 30 overs to get past Ireland's score. And uh, they've only got, uh, they've only lost the one wicket. That is Zach Crawley uh, late last night. Uh, it's been helter-skelter stuff again today. Uh, ben Duckett for a four first ball setting the tone or really picking up where England left off yesterday. Um, he has never played a test match in England. Uh, and he's 22 runs away from joining Stuart Broad on that honours board. Ollie Pope's added nine to his overnight score. And it's uh, a question of just how bad it could get for Ireland. Could be a painful day for the Irish. England, 179 for one. Uh, Darren McCanthony, the Peterborough owner, and Simon Jordan in with me, Sam Matterface, till one o'clock today. <laughs> uh, how much of it is your responsibility to go and check that your players aren't gambling? You mentioned earlier on that hundreds of them are still betting. Uh, it's impossible. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, the rules, I mean, what's to stop them having friends putting the bets on, their parents putting the bets on, other people putting it In the day and age, we're so with, with them, digital. What? This case should stop them. Yes and no. You know, players, Simon will tell you, at the end of the day, they'll see this case, whatever else. Will it stop some of them? I'm not sure. Some of them coming towards the end of their career, do they care? People who don't earn enough money, will they care? They'll still do it. You know, this is going to go on forever. This is, it, by the way, the but NFL's if, if the same. In they ban players for 12 months. If someone ends up getting banned for betting, <coughs> it would kill me. You'll end up losing oh, a lot of, course, of money. I've as paid a wage. I'm going to lose value, transfer. So fees, do you stop. walk into their dressing room before the start of every season, like Simon said he would have done after the Tony two, verdict two was made, and use say, "Can you cannot bet on football? These so I, are the rules." As opposed to what people think, I've been in our dressing room once in 17 years, and that was during a playoff win years ago. I was dragged in. Mm. I don't go into the dressing room. But I'm around a pre-season camp. I have a relationship with the players. But to the point where they know they don't come to me about football stuff. They can come to me about personal stuff. Football stuff they can deal with a manager. So I would always say to the young lads and all my players, whatever, two words I use with my three children every day and they're bored hearing it. Good decisions. Every time they leave my house, I say to my kids when they get in their cars, they go out with boyfriends, girlfriends, good decisions. And I say the same two words to my players, young and old. Good decisions. In other words, drugs, alcohol, prostitution, girls, whatever. Good decisions. And that's what I live by, what I say to people around me. I can't do the rest. I'm not there with them all the time or whatever else. And, you know, their agents will be, they'll know. I've known of some agents who we both despise a lot of agents. <laughs> some are very good. 
couple of agents I work with, the stuff they do for their players, the cover-ups, mm. the issues, the bailouts or whatever, they, they deserve a lot more than the 5 or 10% they said, get. But you said, you said earlier on, yep. we need to do more. Do. I think we need to do more. So who do. does it? If you're not going to go in there and reiterate to them, spoon-feed them, no, this no, is but, what you but, can and can't but do, we do, who should be doing but, that? But my manager does, we do, and then there's a leadership group of the club. You always have a leadership group of three or four of the most experienced players, and it's their job to marshal and police everything going on in the training ground. If a young player has an issue, they can go to these people. And also to get across to them, good decisions. Don't gamble. Don't do stupid stuff like that and spend your money wisely. Is, is it the leadership group to go and do that? Or is it? Or should you be employing Collective. someone specifically no. to go in and make sure no, that these players are behaving so. in the right I, I way? I think ultimately, if you have good pros in your football club, good senior pros is a key component of how the culture of a football club can engender the right attitudes and right outlooks. Um, you know, I wouldn't go in the dressing room either. Or what I would do if I had a, a felt the necessity, and I'd probably use my chief executive to do it, unless I really wanted to impart the wisdom in a very strident fashion, was do it in the pre-season, sit them down in the pre-season when they were all doing their bleep tests mm -hmm. and whatever else, and talk to them about their bonuses. And at yep. the same time, then talk I to them. I love those chats. Yeah, about their <laughs> they, they always shake when they come yeah. to sit with me before right. the players have yeah, bonus players, time. Yeah, player leadership <laughs> and just say to them, look, lads, you know, I can't dictate to you what you can and can't do, but I'm going to tell you there will be consequences mm -hmm. and if you want those consequences then they'll come but the bottom line is you've got a wonderful life you've got wonderful opportunities you're in a wonderful industry don't blow it don't peer up the wall just because you want to put a few bets on is there is there an uh, an argument though that now you know that there's so or you because you assume that there's so many people doing it that you, you walk into the you think i'm go, bullying you don't you I'm, no, I'm, it goes I, I, on I'm in the industry but, yeah. I, i'm surprised that you've told me that and so i'm sort of trying to work out how you then use that information to inform your decision making sure what do you do next so do you then have a responsibility to go guys if anyone's got a gambling problem come and see me oh absolutely like everyone knows at my club that they can come to me about anything personal i've had players who've lost their life savings to bad agent advice and giving it to financial advisors i've had players who've got other women pregnant i've had players who've lost marriages um all those things players with mental issues they can come to me about anything i'm like that open book open door you know i've got a lot of experience in my own life even at the age of 47 um, and, and I could ha even ex-players I speak to a lot of ex-players you know about what they've done at the next stage of life they come to me about things you know, we're thinking about investing in this business we're thinking about doing this I'll always tell them the truth you know that's me I'm, I'm very direct probably like Simon I, I won't dress it up so I just think it's, it's our job to do what we can parents also have to help family have to help agents play a big part too they do you know they have to keep an eye on what I've got agents who are brilliant they speak to the young players they've got every single day of the week some of those agents I allow into my academy 21s to sign certain young players because I know how good they are with young players and as long as I know they're being not controlled but supervised by those agents who aren't interested in money right now it's the next two moves they're interested in they'll get those players on the right track other agents not interested speak to a player twice a year when it's two windows open 100% engagement outspoken with White and Jordan uh, Darren McCarthy, the Peterborough owner and Simon Jordan in with me Sam Matterface till one o'clock today <laughs> uh, how much of it is your responsibility to go and check that your players aren't gambling you mentioned earlier on that hundreds of them are still betting uh, it's impossible you know at the end of the day I mean the rules I mean what's to stop them having friends putting their bets on their parents putting their bets on other people putting them. in the day and age we're so with, with them, digital what? this case should stop them yes and no you know players Simon will tell you at the end of the day they'll see this case whatever else will it stop some of them I'm not sure some of them coming towards the end of their career do they care people who don't earn enough money will they care they'll still do it you know this is going to go on forever this is it, by the way the NFL's if, if, if the same. If someone in your squad ends months. up getting banned for betting, <clears throat> it would kill me. You'll end up losing oh, a lot of, of money. I've paid their wages. I'm going to lose value, transfer so fees. So, do you stop. walk into their dressing room before the start of every season, like Simon said he would have done after the Tony two, verdict two was made, and use say, "Can you cannot bet on football? So These I, are the rules." As opposed to what people think, I've been in our dressing room once in 17 years, and that was during a playoff win years ago. I was dragged in. Mm -hmm. I don't go into the dressing room but I'm around a pre-season camp. I have a relationship with the players, but to the point where they know they don't come to me about football stuff. They can come to me about personal stuff, football stuff they can deal with a manager. So I would always say to the young lads and all my players, whatever, two words I use with my three children every day and they're bored hearing it, good decisions. Every time they leave my house, I say to my kids when they get in their cars, they go out with boyfriends, girlfriends, good decisions. And I say the same two words to my players, young and old, good decisions. In other words, drugs, alcohol, prostitution, girls, whatever, good decisions. And that's what I live by, what I say to people around me. I can't do the rest. 
I'm not there with them all the time or whatever else. And, you know, their agents will be, they'll know. I've known of some agents who we both despise a lot of agents. <laughs> some are very good. A couple of agents I work with, the stuff they do for their players, the cover-ups, mm. the issues, the bailouts or whatever, they, they deserve a lot more than the 5 or 10% you they get. Said, you, said, you said earlier on, yep. we need to do more. Do. I think we need to do more. So who do. does it? If you're not going to go in there and reiterate to them, spoon-feed no, them, no, this but, is what you but, can and can't but do, we do, who should be doing but, that? But my manager does, we do, and then there's a leadership group of the club. You always have a leadership group of three or four of the most experienced players, and it's their job to marshal and police everything going on in the training ground. If a young player has an issue, they can go to these people. And also to get across to them, good decisions. Don't gamble. Don't do stupid stuff like that and spend your money wisely. Is, is it the leadership group to go and do that? Or is it? Or should you be employing Collective. someone specifically no. to go in and make sure no, that these players are behaving so. in the right I, I way? I think ultimately, if you have good pros in your football club, good senior pros is a key component of how the culture of a football club can engender the right attitudes and right outlooks. Um, you know, I wouldn't go in the dressing room either. Or what I would do if I had a fe- felt the necessity, and I'd probably use my chief executive to do it, unless I really wanted to impart the wisdom in a very strident fashion, was do it in the pre-season, sit them down at the, in the pre-season when they're all doing their bleep tests mm-hmm. and whatever else, and talk to them about their bonuses. And at yep. the same time, then talk I to them. I love those chats. Yeah, about their pl- <laughs> they, they, they always shake when they come yeah. to sit with me before and right. the players have yeah, bonus players, time. Yeah, player leadership <laughs> and just say to them, look, lads, you know, I can't dictate to you what you can and can't do, but I'm going to tell you there will be consequences Mm -hmm. and if you want those consequences then they'll come but the bottom line is you've got a wonderful life you've got wonderful opportunities you're in a wonderful industry don't blow it don't pee it up the wall just because you want to put a few bets on is there is there an uh, an argument though that now you know that there's so or you because you assume that there's so many people doing it that you walk into you think i'm bullying you don't you it goes on in the industry i'm surprised that you've told me that and so i'm sort of trying to work out how you then use that information to inform your decision making sure what do you do next so do you then have a responsibility to go guys if anyone's got a gambling problem come and see me oh absolutely like everyone knows at my club that they can come to me about anything personal i've had players who've lost their life savings to bad agent advice and given it to financial advisors i've had players who've got other women pregnant i've had players who've lost marriages um all those things players with mental issues they can come to me about anything i'm like that open book open door you know i've got a lot of experience in my own life even at the age of 47 um, and, and I could ha- even ex-players I speak to a lot of ex-players you know about what they've done at the next stage of life they'll come to me about things you know we're thinking about investing in this business we're thinking about doing this I'll always tell them the truth you know that's me I'm, I'm very direct probably like Simon I, I won't dress it up so I just think it's, it's our job to do what we can parents also have to help family have to help agents play a big part too they do you know they have to keep an eye on what I've got agents who are brilliant they speak to the young players they've got every single day of the week some of those agents I allow into my academy 21s to sign certain young players because I know how good they are at young players and as long as I know they're being not controlled but supervised by those agents who aren't interested in money right now it's the next two moves they're interested in they'll get those players on the right track other agents not interested speak to a player twice a year when it's two windows open your 100% essential download Outspoken with White and Jordan thanks for listening to Outspoken don't forget to leave a five star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode we'll be back on Monday small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.